welcome to the Distribute News Japan podcast. I'm Michael Gillen Peckett, recording this from Kobe, in the Kansai region of Japan, and it's Thursday, the 4th of October 2018. If you're new to this podcast, then this is a podcast hosted by me about things to do with disability in Japan that's been in the news this week. I read out a a news article, sometimes one I may have written actually, or an article I've created myself from other sources in the news. This week it's going to be about forced sterilization, and specifically a court case, a civil case, that's just started in at the Kobe District Court of a, a couple, but specifically the, the man and the couple who was sterilized when he was very young under the so-called eugenic protection law. This is a civil case, is suing the government for infringement of its human rights. And it's an interesting, it's of particular interest because it's been very difficult to get hold of records in Hyogo Prefecture of forced sterilizations that occurred from the 1940s to 1996. There was a, there was a law called the Eugenic Protection Law, which made made it possible for the for the government to forcibly sterilize disabled people but it's particularly difficult to get hold of this information in Hyogo prefecture partly because it had a very strict and an odd law about when doctors and other medical professionals could get rid of the records of patients remember that Japan essentially works to a federal system so different pre- there's a national law, obviously, but different prefectures sort of install or execute the law differently. So maybe Kyoga Prefecture decided it should keep the records for X number of months and years, but Tokyo thinks it should keep them forever or whatever. And so this is a very important case because of that, because it's because it's. It's been very difficult to find any records of any cases, really, in in, in Hyoga Prefecture compared to the rest of the country, at least. And so this is a promises to be a landmark case, really. And it's only in pre-trial hearings. What 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 we have here, what, what this article is discussing, is really as a result of the hearing to decide whether there should actually be a court case. And it seems the answer is yes, there should be a court case. And it won't actually be heard. The case won't actually be done until December, says a friend of mine who is actually in the courtroom. So, I'll read out the article, written with extracts from the Asahi Shimbun, October 2nd, 2018. According to the former eugenics protection law, people were compelled to undergo sterilization due to disability and mental illness. Now, some of those people are suing the Japanese government. At the Kobe District Court on September 28, two couples with hearing impairments sued the country for compensation. Kyogo Prefecture was one, one of the prefectures that was particularly aggressive in sterilizing surgery when compared to the whole country. Regarding this case, reporters browsed old documents from Kyogo Prefecture. And I quote, The feeling that I want children who would unfortunate not to be born, is not only a mother's wish, but also everyone's wishes. 
At the beginning of the collection of materials prepared by the Hyogo Prefectural Government in 1966, the director of the Prefectural Health Department at the time found such a sentence. In this year, the prefecture began pioneering a scheme that would affect the entire country and started the unfortunate child should not be born exercise. Disabled children and children with gen genetic diseases were viewed as unhappy children and the prefecture promoted measures in favour of forced sterilisation surgery. The policy of Hyogo Prefecture at the time clearly states the policy was to seek medical assistance from physicians to aggressively perform eugenic surgery by doctors' application and guidance awareness of stakeholders. It was also recorded that a system to subsidise the cost of forced sterilisation surgery was introduced depending on the type of disability. A 70-year-old couple who had filed a lawsuit against the Kobe District Court said their husband has un undergone a sterilization surgery before their marriage. It, it was exactly in the middle of the exercise. The governor of Hyogo at the time was Masahiko Kanai, now deceased, and he was the former Minister of Home Affairs. The idea of an unfortunate child should not be born exercise became a kind of movement during Governor Kanai's time in office, he visited Shiga Prefecture's severely disabled and mentally disabled ch children's facility, saying, I forgot to smile or go around. I was deprived of pleasure by the miserable figures I saw. According to the, to the same booklet about the eugenics policy, Governor Kanai himself stood at the head of the movement, and in 1969, the actual situation of the measures were played out to, or reported to the Showa Emperor. Among the books touched on the situation at the time, it says, I'm already trying to spread to a national movement. As society's interest in the rights of persons with disabilities increased, the exercise was reviewed in the mid-1970s, and in the prefecture, the surgery was stopped at the end of of 1978. However, in 1989 it was found that the prefectural government continued to distribute applications for surgery to psychiatric hospitals and and were eventually criticised and stopped. This exposed the depth of the, depth of the problem.
Well, this is usually the point where I offer some editorial comment, and I'm going to try and do, do that now, but it's, uh, it's not much really to say. It's quite shocking to hear words like preventing unhappy children and to the unhappy children exercise, which seems to echo something that the alleged Sagamahara stabber Satoshi Uematsu said when he said that uh, disabled people can only cause misery. The idea that not, ju not just that these disabled people, these ch disabled children or those with genetic diseases would cause misery, but that they must be unhappy because they have these conditions. And that is difficult to, for me as a disabled person to get my mind around. It's always a frightening thing when you have people, people who think they're doing good, people people who've, whose intentions are probably actually good. That having a disability is a pain, so let's have let's have less disability in the world, and then thinking about forced sterilisation as a way of doing that. It's a scary logic. Although we have to provide a certain context here, and this is not to apologise for for what Japan did in any way whatsoever, but there was one one well, of many things which are remarkable. One thing that always stood out to me when it comes to forced sterilisation was how late in the twentieth century Japan started doing it. Countries like Germany and Britain really had had their eugenics moments, and well, Germany obviously in the nineteen thirties and forties, Britain. Had a had an had took Darwin's idea of the survival of the fittest seriously, and you know there was always in in late Victorian Britain even there was there were ideas about you know the perfect species the that maybe getting rid of a certain types would would be a good thing. This is this is not this is not a new idea, nor is it unique to Japan and Canada. Britain, Australia, New Zealand, they all had eugenics projects, these, these countries, at some point. What's interesting, though it's not unique to Japan, is how late it happened, as I said, after the Second World War, and until very recently. So that 1989 seemed to when it trailed off in, in Hyogo Prefecture, according to that report. So, that's, that's the thing that always sticks out to me. Although there's another there's another comment we can make as well here, and it's a really a question and a comment, and that's that uh, it does appear that uh, for some of the force the force part of forced sterilization may have been a misinterpretation or misapplication of the law. Like I said it's a it's a federal system in, in Japan, so there's a national law. Politicians pass a law, a law. A lawyer has drawn up a law, and it's up to the prefectures to embody it in in the institutions. Whether it be a welfare benefit, say, that has been passed, saying that all disabled people get so much benefits. Well, it's up to the prefecture to decide what disability is, and different prefectures may, well, some, for example, may decide that. Uh, they're going to, they don't consider this being disabled or that being disabled. It's not quite that flippantly done, but how how they uh, they they can change the budgets, they can control the budget, and they can decide 
what who gets what money depending on their disability it's possible for example that it is possible to, to be considered disabled in one prefecture but not in another whether for example people with cancer are considered disabled can change from prefecture to prefecture though it usually doesn't so when a, when the national government drew up this law there is some evidence to show that the forced part of sterilization forced sterilization may have been a misapplication but what was meant to happen was that uh, this, this was something I read in the UMU, they had a diagram of this, and it was that you, ha you have a, a child, you go to the doctors, or it's done very soon after birth, and the doctor says, well, you have a, your child has a disability. And uh, some prefectures seem to just genuinely offer sterilisation, and the parents could say yes or no to it. Whereas others, it seemed, just said, no, this person has to be sterilised now. Because it seems that some, in some prefectures, they were, the parents were told and they were given a certain amount of time to say to the prefectural health committee, or, or simply to the doctor dealing with them, we don't want them to, to do that. Whereas other prefectures, it seemed, understood the law to mean we have to sterilize and some didn't even tell the patient or the or the parents of the intellectually disabled person they just did it and it seems the more that the more generous the more understanding interpretation of what happened it seems that that might have been a misunderstanding of of the legal guidance and what what the law was actually designed to do don't get me wrong either way it's bad either way it shouldn't have happened but they, even the government saying we weren't, we weren't meant to, to not tell the patients and not tell the the parents. We, that was not meant to have happened. And in some ways, the more scary aspect is that not all of, of what we, of the cases we know about now, and it's about some twenty five, I think. We believe that sixteen thousand twenty five thousand. We believe that sixteen thousand odd of those were done without knowledge or consent. Or at least without knowledge, therefore without consent, because they they didn't tell the patient or the parents. But that does leave a good nine thousand, where it seems that the parents knew about it and were okay with it. So it wasn't always forced. This does not make it any less scary, of course. Again, phrases like "unhappy children." So there's a good. This idea that you are disabled, you therefore must be unhappy. It's a, such a scary logic. It doesn't make it any. It doesn't as I said, It doesn't make it any less bad, but it does seem that some of these cases, some of these instances, it makes it no less a violation of human rights. But it does seem that it was, it was an error. And it was, and it was the lack of oversight and proper implementation of the law that led to, led sometimes to those errors. It's probably why, for example, that the, of those cases where it was definitely done without knowledge or consent, seems to have happened m m most in countryside areas, particularly in Miyagi Prefecture and Hokkaido, where it was just simply done, and they and the patient and parents just simply weren't told.
anything. They just did it. And that could have been because, well, there's no, it may seem rather, I'm not really not being flippant when I say this, but it, ultimately in a countryside where you are physically distant from the, from the government, from the municipal and prefectural government officers, it's very, well, pervasively, no one's checking the paperwork, at least not that often. And if you believe that, that you are implementing the law correctly or doing your job as a doctor correctly, then uh, no one's... Why would you have to tell anyone? That's why, for me, the more interesting question, questions... Well, they're all interesting, but... The interview, the articles that I would really like to know about, but probably would never read because it, because the the person you need to interview would get into trouble or be very reluctant to give the interview, would be an interview of a doctor describing how they uh, how they went about the process. Some doctors have explained about, about how they did it. Those doctors are usually saying how they didn't want to do it, but they were told they had to as as the law demanded it. That that has been said by one interview. I wish I could find it. But one of the reasons why there may, may not have been records kept very, very often was because, was because the doctor, some doctors would have known that whilst it was law, whilst what they were doing was legal, at least potentially legal, it might still have violated their Japan medical ethics boards. Hence, no records kept, possibly, because incorrect record-keeping is a far less offence than euthanizing them. Well, that did happen too, but sterilizing a patient or operating without their consent is a far more dangerous offence for, for a doctor than not keeping the best of records. Of course, not keeping good records is not good either, and yes, you can get struck off if you, the medical register, if you keep doing that. But ultimately, it's not assaulting a patient. So that, that could be another reason why we can't find records. So yes, that, to be able to talk to a doctor about what was going on would be great. But also the other thing of an of a interview that doesn't get talked about a lot is those, are those 9,000 some patients cases, most of them were, when their parents were aware that they were being sterilized and seemed to be okay with it. Because this is what this is what's interesting to me, when, when terrifying and interesting, is that the, and in giving credit to the government, they're saying, well, this was wrong, it did violate human rights, and we're now going to fix it. And they do seem to have made the, the government seem to have made the point of of uh, trying to correct this. They've been saying a few months ago, the government held a press conference saying we're going to put some money aside, we're going to to deal with uh, the, the court cases. We're, we're going to have a, a fund to uh, tr try and deal with these cases you know, they were before they actually come to court. And they seem to be making good on the, their word. It, it's taking a long time to uh, get through the courts. And they set up a fund, so they're looking to set up a fund, they, didn't, they need to determine the amount. The cynic will say they're trying to preempt the legal judgment. The government doesn't want to be found guilty of something 
and I'm sure that's part of it, but it does show a willingness to do something about it. But it does beg that question, why did we decide it's wrong right now? Why was it wrong now, but it wasn't in 1947, or 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s for that matter? Well, I don't have an answer for that. I said that all I have is questions. And I'm trying not to speculate too much, but everything I've, I've just mentioned, there have been, this has been asked in editorials and, and in Japanese newspapers. Why, why now? Why, why start dealing with the, with the problem now? Yes, partly because court cases are being brought, but the government is really trying to be proactive about it. And I give both credit and I ask why, but also... I would love to ask those questions of doctors and, to a certain extent, of the parents and guardians of the disabled people. Of course, I have a lot of sympathy for those who simply weren't told that that was what was going on. Anyway, just have to leave it on that question. Thanks for listening, and uh, check out barrierfreejapan.com. And, well, that's it. Bye.